Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now the following is a message from the center for disease control and now for something completely similar Welcome, 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 wagon. That's us. We're the welcome wagon. We are the welcome wagon. We are here. We are queer. We're going to paint your wagon. We're going to paint it fine. We're going to use oil-based paint, my friend. Why? Because the wood is pine. Oh, I thought you were going to say because lead-based paint is dangerous. That doesn't rhyme. (laughs) Oh, but it's factual. It is factual. Well, Brendan, we're back. It's it's another week. It's another movie. We're looking at a remake, a sequel, a prequel, any of those things to a movie we've already watched. Here taken... on now for something completely similar of the podcast for screen and country. Ow! Out of the gate. Boom! In your face, motherfucker. Woo! Um, we are, uh, we, yeah, so we usually we talk about the British Film Institute Top 100 list. But not, not this time. That's not what we're doing. Nope. We're talking about movies that are similar to it, as Jason just laid out in his very energetic opening. Yes. Uh, which I am going to bring the energy way down now, as I usually do. There we go. Let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just lay back, fella. Let's just relax on this. Slow one. jam <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the remake of a movie that was number 96 on the list. I think a, mov- a movie we both felt was way too low. Underrated for sure. Yeah, The Wicker Man, number 96 on the list. This 1973 version. But we're not talking about that one this time, Jason. You can go back and listen to that whole episode, folks. We did. We went in depth on it. But no, not this week. We're talking about the 2006 remake of The Wicker Man. Starring Academy Award winning thespian Ian McKellen. Nope. Uh, Roger Moore. Nope. I'm really just assuming he's won an Academy Award at some point. Did Nicholas Sparks. No, close. You're getting closer. I give up. Nicholas Coppola. Mmm. Look famous. Nicholas Cage himself, Sir Nicholas Cage. And joining us on this podcast, Jason, we have guests. Very special guests all the way from the deep state of Utah. <laughs> Nicholas Cage <laughs> aficionados. Stephen Izzy from Everything I Learned from Movies. Welcome. Welcome. How to get burned, everybody? How to get burned. <laughs> I would love that to just be a, a like a regular <laughs> greeting. Hey, and a good day to you, and how to get burned to you, ma'am. How to get burned. <laughs> <laughs> and then the farewell is, oh great, another plant name. <laughs> That is literally one of my notes. <laughs> um, well, thank yeah. you for having us, Brendan and Jason. And yes. God damn it, finally. Thank uh, you so much for having us. Ever since you were talking about starting this podcast many, many moons ago, the one thing I said was, Wicker Man. Wicker I man. want to be on the Wicker Man. <laughs> Wicker man. And you're like, yeah, it's not that Wicker Man. Like, I don't care. 
I'm going to talk about that <laughs> Wicker Man. About, you know which the Wicker Man we're going to talk about, so you might as well do that with the one. <laughs> and, and I'm so happy that we could finally reward you guys for your hard work on the last episode you guessed it on, the, the TV remake of Dr. Zhivago, which was just, uh, it's just painful for every one of us. So we got to watch something a little more entertaining this time. Maybe uh, the most painful movie I've ever watched for this it podcast. It might be. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get burned indeed. <laughs> and I had to get burned to you, sir. So we're talking about the 2006 remake of The Wicker Man, directed by Neil Labute. Um, who's, if you look at his filmography, he's made a lot of weird, all-over-the-map all movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but this movie stars, of course, Nicolas Cage as Edward Malus, uh, Ellen Burstyn as Sister Summer's Isle, taking over the Christopher Lee role. Good choice. Uh, Kate Behan as Sister Willow. Lily Zabiski, a.k.a. Baby Helen Hunt, mm. as Sister Honey. <laughs> uh, Francis Conroy as Dr. Moss. Molly Parker. Yes! As Sister Rose and Sister Thorne, which is... Canadian a- national treasure, folks. Molly Parker. We in- love her. Inexplicable double role. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, so she gets paid double scale. That's right. Yeah. I-, I was waiting for that to pay off, and then I remembered, oh, wait, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Diane Delano as Sister Beach. And we have a few cameos guys yeah aaron yeah, eckhart is a truck stop patron at the beginning of the movie yeah he has one line and then leaves the film i didn't even notice him this was this this was the year after thank you for smoking yeah so people knew who he was yeah um and then we have of course two legendary cameos at the end of the film by jason ritter and james motherfucking franco yeah just out of nowhere <laughs> and keep in mind James Franco had done Spider-Man 1 and 2 at this point. Yeah, no, he was not He was not a small potatoes. Mm. Well, no. th- that was a sequel big. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, The Wicker Men? Yeah. Wicker Men's. I don't know if you have it written down there, but according to IMDb, Paul Rudd was also in it. That is a lie. Okay. Because it says that Paul Rudd is the first person to get pulled over in the in a truck. That is a female. <laughs> so I don't right? know. Uh, did you guys see that credit as well? No, no, no. I haven't looked into it that deep. And yeah, if you look at the Wikipedia page, it's like the last credit. It's like Paul Rudd as driver who gets pulled over at the beginning of the film. I'm like, no, you're insane. I'm like, I don't remember seeing Paul Rudd, but I didn't remember seeing Aaron Eckert either. So what the fuck do oh, I know? Oh, guys, Well, who guys. did the makeup on this movie? Maybe. Paul, Rudd, Paul Rudd is in the truck that, that causes... Oh, shit, he's the truck driver. He's the truck driver. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> He's too nice. He that would be do great that. if you like slowed it down frame by frame. You see Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd like smiling out the window as he flaps into the like, car. Hey guys, thumbs up. <laughs> and Claude Rudd too. <laughs> Just to give a bit of backstory, Universal Pictures had been planning to do a remake of the 1973 film, which I do want to talk about a little bit when we're talking about this movie. Um, they've been planning to do a remake of it since the 90s. Wow. So since like mid 90s, they've been planning to do it. Uh, the, eventually they, they, in March, 2002, it was revealed that Neil Labute was writing and directing the Wicker Man for Universal and Nicolas Cage's production company, Saturn Films. Are they still around? Aww. I think so. Okay. I, I think Saturn Films still comes up on, uh, well, you know, like Primal and, uh, Color Out of Space and all yeah. the other wonderful Nicolas Cage selections say, from the last year. Who else is going to make Pay the Ghost? <laughs> That's a good point. Um, around the same time, the original film's director, Robin Hardy, and Christopher Lee were preparing for a sort of remake called The Riding of the Laddie. 
um, with Vanessa Redgrave and Sean Astin also attached to it. Who would have thunk that they would never have got a movie with that title made? Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Shar um, the Lord. <laughs> Christopher Lee was actually um, not going to play the villain in this one, but instead he was going to be a door-to-door, born-again Christian preacher who comes to Scotland along with his wife, played by Vanessa Redgrave, as they are introduced to the neo-pagan cult. We have been robbed, right? Uh, of that spoiler alert, the twist was going to be he was evil the whole time because he's Christopher Lee. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Maybe, maybe the twist was he was just actually a super good guy the whole time. <laughs> Especially being Christopher Lee and being an evangelical preacher. Yeah. You said that was directed by M. Night Shyamalan? The twist yeah, is yeah. he's the romantic lead. <laughs> Um, so they tried to uh, film the film it in Glasgow in 2003, but the writing of the laddie would not materialize until years later when it had undergone many changes to become the film The Wicker Tree, which is a movie that is out there that I have not seen and I'm kind of curious about. Uh, also, I believe a wicker tree is a just a willow tree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a major lawsuit involving this movie because I guess in the original uh, trailers or the original promotional material, they were saying that the director of the original film, Robin Hardy, had something to do with the screenplay of this movie, to which he was like, no, I did not. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? <clears throat> sure, um, it's a word-for-word remake for about 80% of the movie, but... You know. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. There and are lines and moments, though, that are straight out of the original. There are lines and oh, moments, yeah. but there are lots of scenes that are definitely yeah, not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was actually surprised. To, I hadn't, uh, The first time I watched these two movies... Uh, we're at the same time when the 2006 one had come out because I hadn't heard of the original, but I was like, oh shit, Nicolas Cage is doing a remake and blah, blah, blah. And I remember watching him then and just kind of being confused (laughs) because... the original is mostly like there's a lot of musical numbers and a lot of movies and so i'm like i'm into this and nicholas cage remade this all right here we go and then the other one's different uh but i i hadn't realized like how many of the lines were like exactly the same yeah they they definitely like pay homage to the first one well um so he so yeah so robin hardy basically sued Warner Brothers, or had his lawyers make Warner Brothers remove his name um, because he was given writing credit for the screenplay and he did not want that. Uh, Christopher Lee uh, commented on the film and simply I think he gave like, I mean there's a longer quote here, but I think his most British response to this film ever, shit sandwich. (laughs) No. No? (laughs) Um, He said uh, how do I feel about a remake of a a film I loved making possibly the greatest film uh, you know, that I ever worked on and a role that I helped to define. He's like I don't feel any kind of thing. <laughs> well, I mean, he was very old at the time, and at that, you know, as people get older, they, they lack emotion. He, he, he said, "He said there, there is nothing to say on the matter." <laughs> what a diplomat! You smell fella. almonds. <laughs> I'm um, sorry, but he was incorrect in that because the greatest film he worked on was Life Force. That oh. wasn't Christopher. Oh, Lee. never mind. Yeah, <laughs> It was obviously episode three where he played Count Dooku. Am I right, guys? Uh, Moving on! Magnum opus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nicolas Cage himself acknowledged that this movie is absurd. He said in 2010... (laughs) But it's the only one he's ever acknowledged. Is that what that gift is from? Anyway. (laughs) In 2010, he, he said, and I quote... There, there is a mischie- mischievous mind at work on the Wicker Man, you know. You know what I mean? And I finally kind of said, I might have known that the movie was meant to be absurd. But saying that now after the fact is okay. But to say it before the fact is not, because you have to let the movie have its own life. 
Um, now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go film G-Force. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The greatest setup to this next... The, the greatest part of this next quote is the setup. In February two, 2012, Nicolas Cage gave a live web chat with fans to promote Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. When asked what roles from his career he would most like to revisit, Cage responded, I would like to hook up with one of the great Japanese filmmakers, like the master that made Ringu, and I would like to take the Wicker Man to Japan, except this time he's a ghost. Yes. I'm in. Sold. This going to happen So, next. So, like, like, as a sequel, maybe? Like, where he's the ghost of the previous character? Uh, I mean, sure. I don't think he thought ahead that far. <laughs> oh, what am I doing here in Japan? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, oh, boo! Boo! I guess I'll just have to kill the Yakuza. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. God, ghost bees. Listen in as we play the melodious opening themes of The Wicker Man. a real Tristram from Diablo vibe to it kind of but but also you guys I don't know if you noticed right out of the gate but the the credits are the font the credits are in as papyrus which yeah. you can get from your local copy of Microsoft Word uh, it's very 90s font uh, interesting choice on their part let's talk about where <laughs> let's uh, very I, the I, relic let's let's uh, yes papyrus mm. uh, very interesting Jason I, I had a feeling you were going to bring up the font oh, well, I, I, that's why I could I, not notice it I didn't even write it down because I was like Jason's going to bring up the font um, <laughs> guys let's all font talk about now. <laughs> where were you now we know J- Jason will get his uh, kind of you know stance in a second because he just saw this movie for the first time but how did you guys first experience this movie oh yeah um right after it came out on uh, the 2006 version came out on dvd i uh, was at a friend's house hey kalisha um <laughs> and she was showing both of them um so i saw the original and it was very 70s with the boobs and the musical numbers and just great and eerie for the second half um and then i watched this one and it was different, but, you know, more in the realm of, like, those kind of, yeah, like, the the horror movies that kind of go straight to DVD for the most part. But um, yeah. I really enjoyed both of them for completely different reasons. Yeah. Uh, my family at the time had uh, illegal cable, and it was playing on pay-per-view constantly. So right. I watched it one night on pa- illegal pay-per-view. <laughs> That's the best way to watch it. I agree. That's right. <laughs> I think I watched it for another podcast because they happened to be talking about the movie. Mm. And I had only known, you know, the memes, the, the not the bees. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not the bees. You're, you're how to get burns, you're, et cetera. The so watching Bear the whole punch. thing. What? Bear punch. Yeah, yes, we'll get, we'll get into that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that is not going undiscussed. Um, but, but yeah, just definitely like all the like things that have kind of gained like internet popularity. And then watching the whole thing and be like, oh, there's actually a little bit. There's even more of this stuff, yeah. especially <laughs> in the last 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Jason, you watched this for the first time. I watched this for the first time last night, and and it's funny because I somehow even missed all the memes. Like I didn't even like I knew Nicolas Cage was in it. I knew he was crazy because he's like that in a lot of movies, but I'd never actually watched what? it. And I only really knew of the Wicker Man because in the early two thousands, uh, I was a pretty hardcore DVD collector, and I followed the scene. And I remember Anchor Bay releasing a big like two disc special edition of the Wicker Man, and it was in like a tin, and it looked really cool. But I never did get it because I had no fucking clue what it was about. And then, yeah, I watched it last night uh, after having watched the original Wicker Man a few months back. And, uh, yeah, what a ride. <laughs> what did, you know what? Whatever I, ultimately I have to say about this movie, I was entertained watching it. For one reason uh, or another. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. Now, when I watched, and like obviously I saw this movie, I saw this remake before I ended up watching the original film, because we watched, bo- we both watched the original film for the podcast for yeah. the first time um, some time ago. Yes. And I was kind of blown away by how much they didn't change, because yeah. we kind of touched on that earlier. And conversely, I was blown away by how much they did change in a lot of ways. <laughs> there was, because I, I, I remember, I mean, we'll talk about like so many different little scenes here, but there's, mm. there is a, a wild scene involving a classroom in this movie. Mm. And I thought, that was definitely written for the remake, but there it is in the original, albeit it is a bit it's different. A little different, yeah. But this almost the exact same lines of dialogue. Phallic um, symbol. <laughs> right, phallic symbol. That was one thing that I thought yeah. was strictly in the remake. And the fact that that showed up in the original, I was like, what? <laughs> Why don't we hear a little bit of this classroom All scene? Right. We trapped the little old bird inside to see how long he can stand it. Now, why in the hell would you let them do a sick thing like that? Where's the attendance record? Do you have Sister Summer Isle's authority? No, I do not have... You seem to forget that this is a legal matter. I'm afraid you still need her permission. Put that back. Put that back! Sorry, you're gonna have to bear with me. Rowan Woodward is your classmate, isn't she? Isn't she? That is her desk. And you're the biggest liar of them all. I am warning you. You tell me another and I'll rescue myself. That is a promise, Miss... Rose. Sister Rose. Of course. Another plant. Rose. For the last time, where is this girl? So, obviously there are additions Hmm. to this scene, but... um, (laughs) And, and the replacement of the the beetle on a rope with a with a crow just crammed in a desk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, from from a, a slightly more subtle and nuanced yeah. imagery to a crow just <laughs> the desk. Um. By the way, kudos to those kids for a catching a crow and b getting it into a desk. Yeah, crows are not easy to work with. <laughs> right, they're a tough breed. The the young ladies on that island, I have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is the thing. So in this scene, I mean, this plot we we can kind of go over it a little bit, but it's basically the same as the original Wicker Man. Instead, yeah. in this plot, um, there's a personal connection. There's a personal connection. Yeah, they've decided to add. Uh, he's going to find a, a lost girl, but it's it's his ex girlfriend ex-wife ex-girlfriend ex-fiance's ex-fiance's uh daughter who he later finds out is also his daughter Mm. because sure um the funny thing is in this movie if you're going to compare like you know 
It's the, it's like night and day compared to Edward Woodward mm. portrayal in the original film. Edward Woodward, the personification of British of a British man, you know, just like <laughs> stiff upper lip and 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 restrained and and pious and and serious and just wants to enforce the law and find this girl and he's passionate about it compared to Nicolas Cage who's just all over the fucking map. And I mean, w- once he knows it's his his daughter, that there's a little more reasoning there, but He's, I mean, and obviously he's been through a trauma, as we discover in the small short film that plays before the opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it it's seems like, to interject itself every once in a while yeah. randomly. But, uh, yeah, it's. I don't understand the purpose of that scene, really, in, like, in terms of like... I, I guess it, it, oh. it puts him in a headspace that he is, I guess, more willing to go do this whole thing like to actually respond to this letter and go to the island but then that becomes the question did they orchestrate this fucking car explosion too to get him to come oh, like yeah okay there's there's a lot of loopholes with this okay I'll, I'll tell you why it was set up that way first because okay. in the 1970s you can have a movie where nothing happens except people talking for the first 45 minutes within the first five minutes of a movie nowadays you gotta have a fucking explosion or some sort of an action scene or whatever then wicker man and papyrus fall and then you can start your movie. Well, um, I got to tell you, man, it fucking worked because as soon as that explosion, I was like, holy shit, what the right? fuck is this? <laughs> I had to wait I, the whole damn movie from the original. Yeah. I, I was going to say that um, what Edward Woodward is feeling on the inside for yeah. his character, yeah. Nicolas Cage is projecting all of that on yes. the outside. All the time. Yeah. Well, what, what, the, the main difference I, I feel between the two movies is like in the first one, uh, yeah, Edward's like the, the, the super pious, you know, the, the virgin cop who wants nothing but to do what is right and save the little girl. And that's his whole guiding mission. That's his only focus. Yeah. And everyone's, you know, kind of dicking around with like their mixed messages and, you know, oh, this is how we always do it. And you have to get the permission. He's like, whatever on the law, fuck it. And <laughs> but then in this one, instead of being the, the super, you know, the, the super uh you know super religious super by the book guy nicholas cage is ass crackers insane he, he's basically <laughs> the male chauvinist in this world completely ran by women and he's like no no i i should have the authority ah i'm, yeah. I'm the cop you and understand they're like, yeah you ain't shit <laughs> i'm a cop in california that gives me authority in washington <laughs> so that that's part of the reason why they don't like him and I, I suppose part of the reason they don't like him too is because he talks back he still has his tongue it's pretty clear to me that none of the men seem to have any tongues in this movie so mm. but they don't have it there's no truth or dare moment where one of them slowly opens their mouth and we see the bit off yeah tongue. I was surprised that they didn't actually go more explicit with that because I found like that that the Americanization of this kind of story led to some more explicit moments, and I was really surprised they didn't go down that road. But I, you know, I was impressed because it's like oh, I put two and two together. So if I could figure it out, I think most people could probably figure it out. <laughs> There's an endorsement, a ringing endorsement from Jason. Yeah, <laughs> put it on the uh, box. <laughs> if I can figure it out, you can figure it out. <laughs> what a review. <laughs> Um, but yeah, exactly. I still feel, though, much like Edward Woodward's character, um, Cage's character still um, kind of pushes his moral values on everyone, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel as, like, earned with, with um, Edward just, Woodward. Edward Woodward is a guy that you would expect yeah. to be this, like, moral bastion, in, or at least that's the image he's trying to project, whereas Nicolas Cage doesn't really give that impression. It's not that he's a bad person. It's just that he doesn't give me his, like, oh, this is the uptight asshole at the office kind of guy. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like he's the bad lieutenant Porter Call New Orleans the first couple <laughs> oh. weeks before he really gets on the painkillers because he's always kind of like, oh yeah, I just recover, I can't work, but uh, yeah, I'll wander around this island looking for a girl. I'm okay with that. Qu- quick aside, uh, having not seen that bad lieutenant, but seeing the original bad lieutenant, uh, is that bad lieutenant uh, as plotless? Uh, of a just a generation of a person or is there actually a storyline in that movie sir get thee to an ebay and get a dollar 99 blu-ray of bad lieutenant Portocal new orleans you will thank me later that movie is if if you enjoyed the wickerman uh you will enjoy bad lieutenant Portocal new orleans directed Uh, by werner herzog and starring literally everybody yeah i know all all those elements i i should have watched it by now but uh yeah so thank you i will Friggin' watch that movie. <laughs> we should yeah. do it for next week. <laughs> I would say um, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans is like if you took The Wicker Man and you just extracted the essential oils ah, <laughs> of crazy. That sounds fantastic. And then dumped it in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, golf. that sounds like a, a delicious stew. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a, a, a gumbo. A gumbo. Oh, well, you'll come hey. here and get some gumbo, all right? Why do I, I think I'm from Maine. <laughs> that sounded almost Chinese to me. Hey. Oh, 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 why don't you come down and get some gumball? There we go. Hey, Jimmy. Hey. Come, come on down to Louisiana. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart will come down and do his Nick Cage impression for us. <laughs> How to get burned. How to get burned. Back to the Wicker Man. <laughs> we got to change our podcast name to How to Get Burned. <laughs> we do. Um, that's a good name for like... That's a good name for like a Nicolas Cage podcast. Yeah. yeah. Or, or a podcast about movies that got bad reviews from critics. Ooh. Like you watch North and then you could read Roger Ebert's review about hating and hating and hating. And, hating. and, and then that could just be the new name for what were they thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that'd be good for our podcast, babe. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> what is our podcast, Steve? Steve? <laughs> Damn it. Shitplugger Steve is not in the house. <laughs> He's Wait. Googling something. Wait, are you, oh, I'm sorry. You're asking what our I podcast ju- is? I just gave you a, a full open, like an open shit plugger moment. You completely ignored me. Yep, a shit plugger moment. That's graphic. Wow. <laughs> oh, wait, are you, are you talking about everything I learned from movies at eilfm.podbean.com? It's going to be like at the end of the Son episode. Of a bitch. No free rides. <laughs> Plugs at the end. Only <laughs> no free rides. And we're living life a quarter April at a time. Woo! Okay, so back to how did it get burned? Yeah, so, <laughs> that is good. So, what were the other? So, I mean, a huge difference in this movie yeah. as compared to the original is the music. Yes, right. Because yes. the original, they went to like the director has. I mean, we we said in that episode, um, the director made sure that it was the music that he chose was very um, accurate to the st- to the like the pagan yeah. style, like the, the 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 type of music that would be on these like in these pagan cults. Do you know how sad I was? I did not hear the landlord's daughter. Right, right. Could, just imagine no, if this, but if this was this movie, Nicolas Cage would have been joining in. Yes, well, yeah, obviously. and he would have been like fucking her to the music <laughs> while reading. <laughs> A book of his poetry written yeah. by him. Look, look, Brendan, we agree, yeah. okay? Well, this has to happen. We don't have to bring it up so everybody has a raging heart on. <laughs> what do you mean, raging heart on? Mine's gone, buddy. Uh, think- <laughs> He's finished. He finished minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, there you go. In minutes. <laughs> the landlord's daughter. Can I, oh, I want to mention one quick thing, just just because it made me laugh. So the very very beginning of the Something movie, in this movie made you laugh. Yes, it did. At the very beginning of the movie, when he's in the diner, 
and we see Nicolas Cage for the first time, and he's wearing that leather jacket that has the cop, you know, the cop insignia on, like cop jacket. I thought to myself, oh my, isn't that a rather badass jacket for a police officer to be wearing? And then he walks out and he gets on his fucking motorcycle, and I'm like, I'm an idiot. That was a motorcycle jacket. That's why it looks so cool. He's a motorcycle cop. God damn it. I thought he was just, I thought that was like some weird choice that he's like this, like, greaser cop, but no, it wasn't. wasn't This leather jacket is a symbol of individuality and personal freedom. Oh, Jesus. So, So, guys, am Am I alone in thinking The Landlord's Daughter is the best song from the original one? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. it's pretty close to the Naked Dance song. I mean, that that is a tight... That's, and again, no Naked Dance in this movie. No Naked Dance. And Lily yeah. Sobieski was in it. Well, again, yeah, we were but, all disappointed. Moving yes. on. I think... I so, you think Lily Sobieski is supposed to be like the Brit Eklund of this movie? I, I mean, is there, there's really not a Brit Eklund in this yeah, movie. Because he's, yeah, because he doesn't, he's not being tempted by anybody sexually because yeah. other than, I guess, his ex, and he's kind of given into it, you know? Yeah, they start kissing, yeah. and they cut away. And it's a very awkward kiss. He like he like goes in and then backs up and then goes in, and it's very... Yeah, because she's 30 years younger than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> am I, am I going to get arrested? Well, I mean, I'm on an island, so Wait, rules you s- don't apply. You, you said... I had a daughter, but is it you? <laughs> yeah, right. Just got to make sure about this. <laughs> Will you sign this? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, one of the... So, uh, there's there's other scenes that are, like, very similar. I mean, the moment where he first meets uh, Summer's Isle, mm. of course, in this movie, Ellen Burstyn, yes. that scene is almost word for word when he meets yeah. Christopher Lee in the original film, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, very except similar. for the part about him being stung to death by bees. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Let's just listen to the scene and uh, and see how similar it is to kind of the Christopher Lee scene in the original. Let me ask you one other thing, because frankly, I just don't get you. I do not get this place. Oh, you will. In time, perhaps. Perhaps it is time for you to stop bullshitting me, okay? Now you be careful. Especially when a little girl's life is at stake. My little girl. I'm sure you've guessed. As a matter of fact, yes. I'm only interested in the law, sister. And I need to remind you, you are still within reach of the powers of a normal society. So if you wackos practice kidnapping and ritualize murder, it is my job... I believe I've mentioned our stand on murder. Murder is murder. Now, do I have permission to open the grave of Rowan Woodward? Oh, I was under the impression I'd already given it to you. Your transport. Well, it's just been fascinating to converse with someone from a normal society. Till we meet again. Um, Could we deep fake Christopher Lee into this movie? Like, into the Ellen Burstyn role, just put his face on her body? I mean, make it, make it happen. Right. Grandma Turkin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, and I, like, I think... So, I, I would argue, though, if Nicolas Cage was not in this remake... I think it would be super boring. Yeah. I mean, oh, who yeah. could... Yeah. He, he is obviously the most compelling part of this whole ordeal, and it's like, why why would they remake this movie? And the only real answer is Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> you, you put a, an unhinged actor in the middle of this, and it becomes interesting, but I think... The movie itself is well; it's not well made. And, and like, you could put somebody that was perfectly capable. You could put Bradley Cooper in this movie, sure. and it would just be boring. It would just be yeah. It would just yeah. be black. 
it's 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 the it's the cage aspect that uh, pushes this over the top, uh, like like a scene that could be just any other scene um, in which he runs through a slew of beehives, flailing about like a crazy. Person. <laughs> well, doesn't he? he I, okay, I was looking down, taking a note, and then I looked up, and he crashes into the beehive. So he drove into that bee field, not paying attention, and just yeah. ran into a beehive. Yeah, even though he's allergic to bees, of course, yeah. and didn't think to look for beehives. No, he didn't. Mm. <laughs> Not on an agricultural yeah. island. I mean, come on. Anybody else feel like this is some late sequel to My Girl? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it all makes sense. Uh, Macaulay Culkin scared to survive. He survived, but then he went on to be Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the the timing's right. It's like fifty years difference. And... There you go. <laughs> well, there was that scene where he was like, "I got sunshine." On a cloudy day. <laughs> but it was said more. My father is Dan yeah. Aykroyd. That explains a lot. <laughs> oh my god. Kept getting into a, his crystal head. A father and son movie with Dan Aykroyd and Nicholas Cage. Oh fuck, I am in. I'm so, tweeting him right now. So. You, you know how we would know that they were father and son? They both would have dyed jet black hair. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, obviously we would let Nick Cage grow his out like via Con Air so that he's the young rebellious one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, and a mustache from that, uh, what was the movie you sent me uh, he was in, Brendan? The other oh, day? Uh, Deadfall. Deadfall, yes. yeah. Deadfall, Deadfall mustache. mustache. <laughs> oh, Deadfall, the, now there's what's a the movie. What's the movie you sent me? Oh, have you guys ever seen, there's a, cl- there's a clip of Nicolas Cage movie, and I'm trying to, I'll have to look it up and remember what it is, but it's, uh, it's, he's in it for like 30 seconds, he pulls up in a Ferrari to a group of teenagers, and he gets out of the car, and he's got this ridiculous fake nose on, and he's just like, Daddy, you guys need a lift? <laughs> and they're like, no, man, we're good. He's like, you sure? And, and they're like, yeah. And he goes, ha, 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 and he gets into the Ferrari and drives away. <laughs> I don't know. I wow. don't know what this movie is. <laughs> I feel like that was just a happy coincidence of Nicolas Cage driving by the set yeah, exactly. One day. He was wearing a fake nose that day, he just because he likes to. It was he was on his way to the to his tomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with with his with his copy of Superman number one. <laughs> How you doing? Is anybody hurt? No, everybody's fine. I get somebody a lift? No, man, that's all right. Uh, got everything under control. Guys, we get it. He's the coolest motherfucker alive. Oh, we already know he's a great actor. So okay, jealousy. so okay. The movie's called Never on Tuesday. So when you guys are done here, go pull up YouTube and look up Nicolas Cage and Never on Tuesday and be prepared to enjoy it. <laughs> I feel like it's his only scene. No, it is. It is. Yeah, well, of course, but it's, yeah. But just watch that scene. Fuck the rest of the movie. <laughs> is the rest of the movie not worth it? I have no idea, but it looks terrible. <laughs> um, let's talk about that, that opening explosion scene yeah. a little bit. What is going on? Well, first off, did you notice that a, that a, a truck rolls by at the very beginning and the letters on the side are WM? Wicker man. What? The driver Order waste of, management. The driver well, of yeah. that is Paul Rudd, guys. Come on. Stop <laughs> Stop ruining my life, Steve. Waste management. Sure, that's probably what it is, but I think yeah. it was Wicker man. Oh, oh no. It, it, it's, it's totally the, the Wicker ladies reaching out to him via... I don't know, advertising. Well, they, they control the transport industry. <laughs> They're big into logistics from that island, you see. L- listen, you know what? The rest of my notes are essentially in order, and I don't want to go through the plot necessarily beat by beat, but let's just talk about some stuff that happens in this fucking yes, movie. Yes, please. <laughs> because, Woo! so, after that explosion scene, one thing I wrote down, because it, it, it messed with my head, is that we hear that he got a commendation 
And I'm like, for what? I guess for again, trying? bad lieutenant Portacol, New Orleans. It, 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 spoiler alert! In that movie, right at the beginning, he jumps in to save someone, uh, a prisoner who would have drowned during Hurricane Katrina. Smash cut to, well, sorry, your back's fucked up for the rest of your life. But guess what? You're a lieutenant now. Hey, but, hey. but, but, but in that movie, does he save that prisoner? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. In this movie, though, he doesn't save them. Well, he tries. But they, but, but, that but they also didn't find help. the body, so maybe he did save them. Right? Listen, she's always throwing her doll out in the road. It's an issue. That's America. It's a problem. That little girl in that scene, for the few seconds she was on screen, was fantastic. Why didn't they use her for the other role? That other kid was fine, but like she was good. That one was good. <laughs> Jason is is a strong advocate of strong child actors. That's right. I am. Dakota Fanning was one of the best. There you go. Yeah. No shit kids on your uh, watch. Y- y- you know what? Child labor laws. Fuck them. That's what they're, I say. They're like, ooh, no, they, these kids, no, got, these kids gotta have education. You are not allowed to fuck children. How dare no. you? But Jason. laws are fine. Laws uh, are I don't know how you guys do things up there in Canada, but here in Utah, <laughs> we respect them. Sort Jason, <laughs> J- Jason, put your Nambla voter card away. Hey. <laughs> say hi to the FLDS for me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Um, one, another thing that made me laugh very early on is when he's on, like, the, <laughs> I think it's, like, the Summer's Isle website, yeah. and it says, yeah. meditation, therapy, bee products. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wait, but that's the thing, is that they have a website, right? But they're, like, supposedly this private island and people coming there is weird, so they have, but they have a website. I guess they have to make money and sell their shit, but, like, would you have to go there for the meditation and the therapy? I'm wondering if that, I think that dude on the plane gets it. Maybe. Also, that that plane, that pilot, the most easily bribed pilot that's ever lived. Yeah. Gave him a hundred bucks, and that was enough to fly him without. After he's like, "Well, no, they're very private, and we can't take you." And that's against my code as a pilot. Well, what about Ulysses and his twin brother, Mister Grant? Hop in the plane, bud. <laughs> no, see the the website you guys is like a red herring. They're trying to th- make people think that they're open, but if you go to try and book that meditation, oh, I'm so sorry, we're booked out. I'll just have to contact you later. Would you they like never some, call you back? Would you like some bee products? Yeah, please call. Please try. Uh, we can, you know, please go ahead and place an order for some bee products. Yeah. Well, here's my question. Like they, they so if, just to jump ahead to the end of the movie, they talk about the idea of the person having to come uh, come of their own free will, and I guess they have yeah. to have a connection. So, if they didn't need that connection part, they could just use the website to be like, "Hey, come here for a massage," <laughs> yeah. and then they get to sacrifice them. But, but I mean, wait, again, what if they said, "Come here for a massage, impregnate one of our girls, and then you have a connection." Yeah. yeah, and then they get to procreate, and you get your sacrifice. So, so at the end of the at the end of the movie, again to skip ahead, when Levi Zabiski and the other girl go to, I was going to say, go to Earth, they go to town. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 yes, they leave the, also, yes. the they leave the planet from Highlander to the original cut and come to Earth. Yeah. Saved. When they when they go when they go and see um, James Franco and Jason Ritter. Um, so are they going to start like a long term relationships with them first? It must be. I wonder if they're immortals. I don't know. Because that seems like a lot of oh work to cultivate that. That's it. Highlander Wait, 5, they... Wickerman. <gasps> oh my god! There can only Wait, be is one! Like, is That's this where like all the lady get... Highlanders are! With Nicolas Cage is the Kugan. Is this like a get-out situation where they're using them as vessels? Oh, they could all be like ghosts? And then that would explain why Nicolas Cage would come back as a ghost in the sequel, because they're all ghosts, but they're inhabiting dead bodies? Yeah. Well, he's the ghostwriter, so... Yeah! It so, all works together. So, yeah. guys, let's let's just let's just listen briefly to Nicolas Cage as he arrives on the island. This is Summer's Isle, right? Yes. Then I'm in the right place. I'm afraid not. This is private property. You can't land here without permission. 
Listen, I completely understand, but uh, I was invited here. I'm a cop. And what does that mean? A police officer. I do what I can for people, help them out. Hey. Now, a complaint has been made by a resident of this island. A complaint, you say? Yes, ma'am, about a missing child. Well, no, that's always trouble. Yep, for everybody. Perhaps you should take these matters up with Sister Summer's Isle. She's very particular about anyone landing here. How did you land here, by the way? Is it the harbor pilot? He just... Well, he'll need a good talking, too. What's in the bag? A shark or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, the best part is like, yeah, what's in the bag? A shark or something? Did we ever find out what's in that bag? Nope. nope. I thought it was like a child. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's kind of what the implication is. I mean, it's got that nice dark red blood in there. To kind of I thought the implication it. was it was the pilot. They had already dealt with the pilot for bringing this motherfucker onto the island, but but I think we see the pilot later. We do see the yeah. pilot, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. it wasn't him. No, because they mess with his like radio and shit. But yes. they do kill him, don't they? Eventually. Yeah, well, because they, oh, yeah. they fuck they fucking fuck his eyes up and they like sew his mouth together and shit when yeah, he's yeah, on the yeah. ground. Um, I also wrote down that they don't know what swing it means. Yeah. Like it, they do, they play it really like <laughs> they play it really far to, to be like. Oh, we don't know much of your big city customs. And he's like, he says something like, you think you can swing that? And it's like, swing that. What is that one of your big city words? It's like, really? That's the slang you don't know? This... <laughs> Come Fan- on. What was that fancy city doha? Also, does anybody else uh, w- want to realize that this guy is not operating in any official capacity whatsoever? Yes. He's, pr- oh. he's using his authority as a police officer on this island, even though he has absolutely no jurisdiction as a California police officer. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the part I actually sort of liked about this is that like he wasn't like so so pious and all of that as it was in the first one. And by the way, acting in my experience just like a fucking motorcycle cop, like you will respect my authority. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seems, pl- seems pl- plus, if he were a real cop, he could I don't know call somebody somehow or somebody would know he was there in the first fucking but nobody place likes or... motorcycle cops even other cops well true but still it's like oh what happened to uh officer phallic symbol uh phallus or whatever his name is <laughs> and it's like oh yeah i haven't seen him in like a month well what was the last time hey he said he was going to some island in washington <laughs> Damn hippies. And then, and then they proceed to spend the next, like, 20 years just sending one officer at a time to go look for the previous officers that have disappeared, and they all just get sacrificed. Yeah. Is that way you could have, like, 100 sequels? You, you, you ter- it turns into a real Apocalypse Now situation. Yeah, exactly. They're like, going to find Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage in Apocalypse Now, guys. Oh, Absolutely. man. So... Wow, in the, but yeah, but, the but here's role. the real question. Would he be in the Marlon Brando role or the yes. Dennis Hopper yes. role? yes. No, he'd be in the Marlon Brando row, and he would gain 150 pounds for it. Both. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. He's both, yeah. No, he would be Martin Sheen, Dennis Hopper, and Marlon Brando. We, we, we kind of like Jabba the Hutt CGI him for the uh, no, Colonel he, Kurtz. No, no, he'd gain weight for it. <laughs> would they do it in reverse, like Raging Bull? He'd like start off super fat and then yeah. lose weight and film it? Yep. He's not Christian Bale, guys. Calm down. <laughs> We're going to go full like meet the clumps on it. He's every character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Why hasn't that happened yet for a Nicolas Cage movie? Come on, Nick. <laughs> well, he is going to be in a movie where he plays himself. A pocket Nick now. Yeah, that's a real movie. It's a real thing. Okay, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's a, so. that's after Jujitsu comes out, where he's joining a bunch of martial artists to fight aliens. Because <laughs> fuck yeah, it's awesome. Why not? Because somebody apparently read my deepest darkest fantasies. 
<laughs> They've been reading your fan fiction, I think. Right? My erotic fan fiction. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> we gotta take um, out this mothership the only way I know how. <laughs> One difference I want to talk about with this movie or just mention uh, is the look of it in, that, in yeah. that. So the British one takes place on an island that is very British. It's very pastoral. It's got big open fields. It's very pretty. And this island is pretty too, but this island is much more like it's in like Oregon, right? So it's like very dense. There's a lot of forest, a lot of trees. It's much more rough. Very uh, Pacific overgrown. Northwest. Sorry? Very what? Very Pacific Northwest. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and I like that kind of difference in tone. Because that's one of the things I do like about this movie is that it has some weird choices that it makes, uh, but I like that it makes them. I like that it is not just a straight remake of the original movie because that would have just sucked because that original movie is fine as it is. It doesn't really need uh, a straight remake, and I like that they put their own spin on it, you know? A gay remake is what you prefer? Well, yeah. that that would be really fun. Uh, <laughs> if the, we, we gender-swapped the Nicolas Cage role and it's just a big lesbian island thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of is, but just well, with yeah, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> we get uh, Emily Blunt can play Nicolas Cage role, but she I'm, has to be yes. as out there as Nicolas Cage. Yes. Oh, oh my. I'm in. 1,000%. Mm. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Uh, I do like me some Emily Blunt. Um, Elizabeth Shue as Miss Summers Isle. Yeah. See, we all we all win. I was trying to pull an obscure name, but I would have just pulled Lily Sobieski, and she's already in the movie. So, <laughs> and Helen Hunt as her mom. Hey, hi guys. You guys want cookies? I just sure. assume that's what her lines would be. Yeah. Well, it's like you were quoting like a Helen Hunt movie. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe. What Helen Hunt movie is that? As good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Hey, Jack, you want cookies? I, I, I like cookies. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, even like what well, you mentioned, they, they have very different looks. I find this movie doesn't really have much of a look. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I... We already kind of said Nicolas Cage is the thing that people come to this movie yes. for. But I think in the original movie, the, it's more interesting to look at. Like, I find the cinematography is more interesting. Yes. I feel like the the style of the movie is, is a lot more interesting. This a lot movie more has boobs. A, yes. Damn There's a lot more boobs, though. for sure. This but movie I, has a, I was going to say, this movie has a slight sepia tone to it, almost. It, like, it, it's just yeah. a little bit brown. Yeah. It's I, I just feel like the, yeah. the tone of the original movie is a lot... Is a lot weirder and mm. more unsettling there's more dread me. in that one than yeah in this, one. this one's more just creepiness yeah right out of the gate too there's no like pretense in the original <laughs> it's kind of like these people seem a little bit weird but they're not like necessarily killers but yeah. it eventually gets there and once we once we get to like you know once we get through those musical numbers it's like okay something's up yeah but as soon as we see that redheaded severe looking lady right at the beginning i'm like these people are murderers it's clear (laughs) (laughs) so is that sort of more the difference between like a british horror movie horror thriller versus an american horror thriller i I think you could probably contribute some of that or or attribute some of that to it just because i find american movies versus British movies, they tend to be just a little more explicit as mm-hmm. far as like laying out things that yeah, they might yeah. leave a little more to the imagination in a British film. And that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes that is very, I'm very happy to have that because watching a British version, I'm very confused. <laughs> I do think that, I mean, we've watched a couple on the list. There's not an, I honestly, I will argue there's not enough hor- uh, horror on the British BFI top 100 list. I mean, the fact that Dracula is not on that list is absurd. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I don't know. Could you argue Frank? You mean the 1992 Dracula? No. You mean Dracula dead and loving it with Leslie Nielsen? I do not. Oh, um, no, no, he means the Bram hammer Stoker's, uh, Dracula. <laughs> you know what? 
I do kind of like that one, but no, <laughs> not that one. That one um, is phenomenal. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, Fra- uh, Frankenstein created woman should be on this list too. Right. <laughs> but I mean, like, like I, I mean, could you say Frankenstein, like the original, is a British film? I mean, Boris Karloff is in it. I mean, it was made. I guess it was made by Universal. But I guess I, it was made in America. My usual definition is who paid for it. That's true. Well, right. I mean, you, you, I mean, there's the argument too, where on the BFI Top 100 you have. A couple movies that are also on the AFI top 100, mm. like you have Bridge on the River Kwai, Clockwork Orange, and Lawrence of Arabia, and it's yeah. like, how do you define whether those are American or British? Exactly. So they're clearly international productions. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, no, Izzy, to answer that question, I think British horror is more deliberately paced. I think it like it it, it reels you in a little slower. But not 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 necessarily a bad thing, but it just kind of lets you kind of explore the world a bit more. Whereas American Horror is like, shit, we gotta get the premise, the characters. Here we go, here we go, here we go. You get boobs or a kill every six minutes. So that's that's sort of my point with the difference between these movies. I mean, also the difference between a movie made in the 60s, 70s versus something made in the you know, early aughts. Oh yeah, and it's again, it's a, it's like you know, 43 years or 33 years difference. Mm. So, I mean, it's a totally different kind of audience that they're playing to. Yes. Different Absolutely. different attention spans and such. Oh, yeah. Uh, did anybody else notice that his uh, uh, EpiPen is called B.EP, so it's beep? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> See, Steve, you discover Which, something new every fun, time. Fun every fact time. for you guys, uh, here in the Maritimes for many years, uh, and it doesn't exist anymore, but there was a, a famous uh, sweet drink you could get from a local dairy called Beep, and it was like a fruit drink, and it was it was like crack. It was delicious. Uh, so that's why that made me laugh, thinking of Beep. Delicious, <laughs> much like crack. Yes. <laughs> sweet, delicious crack. <laughs> I mean, I kind of told Jason about this before he watched the movie, but when I first saw this movie, what shocked me the most, because would you argue... Guys, that the most famous thing about this movie is Nicolas Cage screaming about the bees. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, no, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! Yeah. yeah, I think that's the scene that most people would equate with this movie, but... It's not in the movie. It's yeah, not. when when I heard that was a thing, I was like, I don't remember that at all from watching it, you know, five, six years earlier or whatever. And then I looked it up and it was like, oh, oh, it's a deleted scene. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to get my friend's DVD here. And holy shit, there's like 45 minutes of deleted scenes I haven't seen. Placer. <laughs> Yeah, he he told me that. So, of course, as soon as I was done the movie, I immediately went and went on YouTube and found that scene and watched it. And and the thing that amused me the most was that they took the audio from like the first 15, 20 seconds of that scene of him getting his legs broken and then just overlaid it as they're all walking toward the Wicker Man, as if they're doing it while they're walking there and breaking his legs on the way. And it, and, and when I watched it originally, it felt that, that audio set seemed really out of place. Like, why are they doing that off screen? And then I got the answer when I saw the scene. Yeah. I don't know why they cut that scene. Was it just too much to do to Nicolas Cage? Was he already getting fucked over enough? Like, I, I think... <laughs> guess. I'm going to guess an MPAA thing. Yeah, I yeah. guess if they were going for a PG-13, it probably would have been... The breaking his legs, I imagine, would have uh, gotten them an R rating. <laughs> I mean, this movie flopped. They should have just went for the R. Yeah, really, in retrospect. <laughs> well, that's why they released the DVD with the unrated version. Yes. Yeah. Well, and often to get the MPAA rating, they will 
put in things specifically to take out that will be over graphic. Yes. So yeah. that you can keep in things like breaking the legs because it's like, oh, well, that was better than his face swollen up from bee stings. <laughs> yeah, I always remember that because I, I first heard about that idea when uh, it was with Team America because the, yeah. the scene where the puppets oh. have sex was made like two minutes long because they knew that that would be the thing they'd have to cut. <laughs> yeah. If you can cut down to 40 seconds, you're in. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's the 40 seconds they wanted anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, this movie's fucking wild. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. I, I, Absolutely. Oh, we haven't even talked about how... Uh, how Nicolas Cage gets to the Wicker Man. Yeah, Start, go on. Oh, starting from his hotel room, he goes downstairs. Well, not really hotel room, but downstairs into the bar. And uh, uh, Lila Sobieski <laughs> attempts to stop him. Oh, before yeah. that, Steve. Before that, Sister... Uh, oh, yeah, Sister Birch or Beach. Sister, Sister Beach? Beach. Yeah. Yeah, Sister Beach is just standing there looking a little, looking a little snarky. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage has this very long, slow walk towards her. They stare at each other for a moment, and then he punches her in the face. Yeah. Full on yeah. knocks her out. Yeah. And then that just kind of starts his like his beating women montage. Now, folks, I have to tell you, right out of the gate, I do not support abusive women. I, I don't I'm not a violent guy. Abusive I, I, women or abusing I, I, women? Neither. Okay. Neither. I don't support either of them. Okay. Um, but uh, there's something about a man punching a woman out of nowhere in a movie that just makes me laugh. And the fact that it happens not once, not twice, but three separate times in this yeah. movie. Well, not three. I guess he punches two different ones. And then he... And then Roundhouse he, kicks. He round out, yeah. Johnny Cage shadow kicks fucking Lady <laughs> Sobieski right into the pictures. Bangkok dangerous. Bam! <laughs> it's insane. Like, it, it's just like, that That has to be a Nicolas Cage decision. Oh, and that, especially the last girl where it's like this, this waif of a teenage girl who's just standing by this tree and he just stomps up to her and full on just, full on like, Right across the face punch. It's just, it feels like dropping a nuclear bomb on a fucking, uh, 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 a house infested by cockroaches. And while wearing a bear. (laughs) Wearing a bear. I I will say, as as the vagina in the room watching this movie. Well, Brendan's here too. (laughs) Oh. Wait a second. (laughs) As the daintier vagina in the room. Well, Brendan's in the room too. (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh, i will say that as as the lady voice i weirdly appreciate it in this movie like it yeah. puts the women on the same level as yes. like a guy if it was guys doing this he would get in a fist fight with them mm. and so the fact that like he's willing to fight them is sort of like weirdly equals the playing field that's why that I always sense? argue that intergender wrestling should be a thing. Yeah. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, it weirdly, it's like he's treating them as equals. It's exactly what he would do if he thought there was a little girl in danger and it was a bunch of guys who were doing it. I mean, and let's face it, the ladies fucking deserve it in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would say that the most fair fight is the first woman he punches, though. I feel like everyone yes. else is... Yeah, she she looks like she could take a punch. Although he does knock her out, I'm surprised. I feel like she could have got back up and got into it with him at that point. Yeah. Did you guys also think that Lily Zubieski, when she gets punched, she takes oh she has this like weird reaction to it. Mm. Like yeah, she yeah. takes a long time to like. I, well, I, I think it was her pooping herself and then like yes. her eyes rolling in the back of her head. I think that was pretty <laughs> much it. Like oh no, I've lost bowel control and I'm out. And yeah, I like to assume that Nicolas Cage actually just straight up killed her in that scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, why, that's why when she comes back later in the James Franco and uh, Jason Ritter thing, it's like, oh, she's alive. Okay. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah, no, it looked like he murdered her. <laughs> <laughs> I do think... Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, Joyride was 2001, people. Prove to me that Lily Zabieski is alive. <laughs> <laughs> they shot that other scene before. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. What was I going to say? Oh, I like the fact that the pictures were an element in this movie again on the wall of the girls yeah. standing That was something the they harvest. did keep. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. That was, a, I mean, that was a good bit in the original movie, and it was a good bit here, too. Yeah. Uh, she burned to death. She burned to death. How to get burned? How to get burned? Should we just listen to that for a moment? Yeah, yes, we may please. as well. We keep talking about it. <laughs> this is uh this is this is a classic line from this film. So Nicolas Cage, um, we should mention, is it? I think this is where he finds like he digs up the the young girl's grave. Yeah, because they mm-hmm. say, oh, she's buried. We don't say she's dead. We don't say that we're dead here. Yeah. Whatever, et cetera, et cetera. All that bullshit. Yeah. yeah, and then he digs up the grave and finds a doll that's been burnt. And it's it's the sa- I believe it's the same type of doll as in the beginning of the movie that gets thrown out the window. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, again. Yeah. yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. The the the, the whole, you just got to forget the first couple minutes of this movie. Yeah. See, really. I'm thinking there's something that got cut that was supposed to like tie it all together. Nope. Mm. <laughs> nope. I, I guess not. Having seen those special features many times, no. Nope. Or or something that just never got shot, like got cut from the script uh, early on. Maybe uh, again, it, I think they just needed an explosion in the first maybe, five minutes. Maybe this, maybe that whole beginning was just to fuck him up in the right way that he would be susceptible to going to this island and just doing everything he does. He had yeah. to be, he had to be traumatized in a specific manner, and they planned it from the very beginning, from his birth. Guys, well, do you, you know, think they... I'm not gonna lose this girl too. Exactly, he <laughs> lost the first girl, so now he's gotta he's gotta save the other one. This girl who may or may not have exist because apparently they didn't find bodies. What? Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> do you guys think that maybe they just hidden camera Nicholas Cage in that first scene and got him to be like think he was a real cop just to get him in the right acting frame of mind? They Steven yeah. Seagal him. They deputized deputized him. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they're like, oh yeah, don't worry, Aaron Eckhart's gonna be in there. You guys just have a little scene together and. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, get get warmed up, get a uh, get oh my, method. Uh, oh my God, Nicholas Cage, that car is legitimately on fire. Can you save them? Can you save those actors in that car? <laughs> so let's listen. Let's listen to the clip. No more, no more dilly dallying. Here right, we go. Let's okay. hear it. Tell me. I yes, I, I think it's, yeah. How to get burned? How to get burned? I, how to get burned? How to get burned? I don't know. <laughs> See, it's like at this point, it's like she's being so weird and invasive that that I understand exactly why he's reacting the way he's reacting. Because I'd probably react the same way. Because I'd be like, I'm, I, "Are you guys fucking with me? What is going on here? Just yeah. fucking tell me, yes or no." Do you want me to save your daughter or not? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we should mention. Yeah, he presents that uh, that burnt doll to uh, yeah his ex fiance yeah. who has no no idea what what's uh, what's going on. No, and. As we kind of approach, since we're talking about crazy cage moments, I do have one more I need to play here, guys. This is the um, the final moments of the film, or what? Or I mean, before we get the epilogue um, of Nicolas Cage being captured, because we find out basically, um, I'm sure as everyone knows, as everyone that's listening probably knows, yes, this was all set up. Yeah, um, he is the sacrifice that they are making to get better crops, mm-hmm. much like the original film. And much like we do today here in Canada. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jason, don't say that on the microphone. Oh, right. We're not supposed to tell them about it. Yeah, sure. Do it. So you, Fucking you do it. Build that wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Right now, yeah. I'm all for it. Let's build that fucking wall. Babe, shut up. But let's listen to the final moments uh, of Nicolas Cage, uh, Nicolas Cage's life in this movie. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
And I'm wondering, like, if if at that point they're like, okay, you know, we just realized we can't show any of this, so yeah. make sure we know exactly what they're doing to you, yeah. so Nicolas Cage can go, my legs, <laughs> oh, the bees, oh, they're in my eyes, oh. like, oh, we gotta cut all this shit out, and eh, we'll it's work like with a it a fucking Monty bit. Python sketch at the end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was all off screen, and he was just screaming that, and everybody's like, yeah. ooh, it looks vicious, <laughs> so much blood, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, 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 we also have to mention like right before that happens when they get the drop on Nicolas Cage and he's like surrounded by like 40 women and they like pe- start pouncing on him. I was waiting to turn to like the fucking Matrix where he's yeah. like, chop, chop, We no longer has his bear suit for like fucking power. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, he does drop kick a few of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets a few in. Yeah. I was half expecting nuts. them to like start grabbing him like in da- D- Dawn of the Dead or something and just like tearing him apart limb from limb. They, they all kind of were dog piling on him. Just Grabs one of them cat- and just starts spinning. Just fucking, just fucking, uh, fucking Captain Rhodes him from Day of the Dead. <laughs> oh. oh, my. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's that's you, you guys. I'll I'll let you guys uh, if you have any other things you wanna you wanna say about this movie before we move I on. I got two things to want to say. First off, I just want to point out because I love her. Frances Conroy plays the doctor in this movie, the person that takes all the photographs. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. I, she's fantastic. I watched Six Feet Under for a lot of years. She played the mom on that show. She was great. I was very happy to see her in this, and she looks great in this movie. Like she looked like an old lady in Six Feet Under, but she looks fucking tight in this movie. Right. And she's great in American Horror Story. Oh, she's she's so, been in like yes, seven, yeah. eight seasons of that too yeah. and now I, I have to ask you guys a no question. Steve that's Jessica Lang. <laughs> no, no, I have one. to ask you guys a question oh. as Americans um, do you notice Canadian accents in movies as much as I have in the past few years I don't I know mean, what you're talking about <laughs> there you go I mean in Strange Boo, Brew I did but <laughs> yeah. oh actually well we actually just saw Aspen Extreme for the first time oh, yeah. starring Canadian treasure Paul Gross oh and uh, Peter it's Berg so um, yeah, we didn't notice it there, but he's also Paul Gross. So. He's Paul Gross. I mean, he's yeah. the ultimate Mountie, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's Jacques Rougeau. Uh, well, yes. He, I, okay, Paul Gross and Jacques Rougeau are Canada's two ultimate Mounties. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what about um, you, Little? Or Dudley Do-Right? Uh, <laughs> three. Among our many great Mounties are... <laughs> Jacques Rougeau, Paul Gross, and Dudley Do, and fictional character Dudley Do, Dudley Do- Sam right. Shepard, or Sam Steele, Sam Steele. Um... <laughs> Look him up on Wikipedia. But the reason the reason I ask is because Molly Parker has this way of acting, has this way of speaking her lines that sounds like like a like a, a CBC Sunday night drama. We used to have a show in this country called The Wind at My Back, which was like a an hour long drama that was set in like the early like twenties in Canada, and all the ladies in the show sounded like her. So I feel like she's doing a real like like old school Canadian kind of accent. And I think that's just who she is because she is Canadian, but like it just really stood out to me amongst everybody else in this movie. And it's also because I love her and she's wonderful. And I see, see that also for like, I don't know, for American, it it Mm. also just sort of sounds like that Pacific Northwest sort of, not an accent, but sort of an accent. So maybe I think the casting director must've been thinking the same as you are. Maybe. Don't go down that road. No. <laughs> Wait, no, Izzy, no, no, no. were you the casting director? <gasps> I mean, I've what? had many hats in my life. Signed Visors. a lot of NDAs. <laughs> are, you, are you wearing a hat right now? I, you know, I'm not at liberty to say. Oh, wow. Just keep the mystery, Brendan. Just keep the mystery. <laughs> this, is a, this is a visual medium. Less history, more mystery. 
<laughs> okay. Um, did you have something else, Jason, or is it? Uh, just ultimately, this is really a truly Americanized version of a British comedy, <laughs> yeah. or a British comedy, of a British movie, um, in 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 almost every way, and and that's good in some ways because I the, the pacing is a little more quick than the British movie, and yeah, there's more kind of shit going on throughout it, but it just doesn't have that same feeling of dread and weirdness that the original that's, has. That's what I yeah. That I really like really from it, and that's. Partially because it's a different movie, partially because it was filmed in the 70s, and, and obviously because of the cast and everything, but yeah. and But this is still entertaining as hell. I mean, it's are, not a bad movie. Are you gentlemen um, trying to tell us this movie doesn't have weirdness about it? Well, and, no, but it's all true. just Nicolas Cage, though. It's, it's, it's more it's more prominent weirdness, I would yeah. say. It's it's less just the like kind of like out of the point of your eye eeriness. Yeah. Yeah, what what, what um, they're trying to say is, much like their football, we took something of theirs and perfected it. That's right. Excellent. <laughs> Much like our football, I watch neither. That's right. <laughs> and the ending, of course, is a bit less of an impact, but also more American, where we have to have the kind of stinger up. at the end to kind of yeah. like set it up. I mean, not, not that I expect a sequel, a direct sequel to this movie or anything. Uh, maybe we will get Ghost Cage, but um, yeah, it's just, it was a weird way to end that movie after the original ends so perfectly with him and the Wicker Man screaming and then that shot of the Wicker Man against the fucking, the sun going down, like such a perfect way to end a movie. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then the credits just come up in the original. Yeah. It just ends right there. What I will ask is, um, does Nicolas Cage die in like all of his fucking movies now? No. Probably like a lot of them, though, right? Yeah, well, yeah, a lot. I mean, that's when you reach a certain age and live the uh, life of, I don't know, a drug dealer or a trucker who chokes out ladies so they can save their daughters in other realms <laughs> or, you know, uh, alien invasions, stuff like that. That's kind of the natural course. This is also how he keeps himself out of the sequels. That's you know, nah, when smart. you said between, when you read the plot just now for Between Worlds, I remembered how fucking insane that movie was. <laughs> <laughs> now streaming on Netflix. You're welcome, everybody. Check that shit oh, out. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you. I mean, we didn't really talk about the original too much, but like, did you, did you guys enjoy watching the original film? Absolutely. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I never doubted I was gonna like, oh, I'm gonna regret rewatching this movie after 15 years or whatever. But it was like, yeah, this. I mean, I, I was just surprised how how similar like the stories kind of are. Just you know, a couple different twists, obviously, with yeah. it being all women and blah 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 blah. But yeah, it's basically just how much the like the it. new one like pays homage to the old one in like a weird way, and you don't think about it because when you think about that movie, the first things you know you think of are like Nicolas Cage in a bee hat. Yeah. So <laughs> like when when you watch them, you know, side by side, and are really trying to like dissect them, it's like oh. Yeah, they, you know, this is definitely like an attempt to honor the first one. A, a misguided attempt, but an attempt yeah. at nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they <laughs> all can't be truth or dare. You can't. You can't Jesus claim Christ. that they didn't. It's clear that the original, that the people who made this movie did like the original and, and oh, respected yeah. it as a movie yeah. and, and wanted to pay homage to it. And Neil LeBute is an interesting director because he's made a lot of like critically acclaimed movies too. Mm. And I think the argument with when he made The Wicker Man was that. Neil, you've never really made a horror film, and he's like, ah, just the same. <laughs> and I think I, think I that definitely kinda... got the. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I definitely got the vibe though. For... I get the vibe from the the remake that I think they all really thought they were making something that was going to be as critically acclaimed as the first one. Like yeah. nobody's mailing it in. Everybody's like kicking ass and taking names. It's just you know. 
when it comes together in the end, it's uh, it's a whole different animal. I, I feel it was the editing. Much like Tiptoes, there could have been a real movie there, but they had to cut it down and cut out good stuff, you know. <laughs> I w- I'm still hoping to see one day see the full version of Tiptoes. Yes. Yeah. Fingers crossed. J- Jason also, when I told him about Tiptoes, he knew about Tiptoes. I knew about it. I didn't realize it actually had gotten released. Jason I, I hasn't seen it. it. <gasps> I just heard about it for years I, I, that it existed and saw the trailer. I'm a dwarf. You haven't seen <laughs> David Allen Greer's greatest role? Oh my God, he's back in Tiptoes. Yes. <laughs> he's back in a say, movie that came out 27 years ago. No. I thought you were going to say in Pog form. In Pog form. Yeah, well, <laughs> I should have. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's a weird movie. And the original is a weird movie. And I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an odd attempt to remake the movie. Uh, and Nicolas Cage is insane, and we love him. Absolutely. Oh yes, yeah. both of these movies. Go watch them both. Yeah, and they're very and they're they're different enough to watch them close together. Yeah. I have one more thing I got to mention. I just was reminded of it here. Okay. Um, so at the end of the movie, when he has he pulls the gun on them, he's having a standoff. He's threatening to kill them all, and he pulls the trigger, and the gun clicks, and she looks over at her, and she opens her hand and drops the bullets out. Was she holding the bullets the entire time since they started walking together in her hand just for that moment, or did she like because she didn't look yep. like she had any pockets on that dress of hers? So she must have just had them in her hand, and he didn't notice that her clenching this fistful of bullets in her hand. Like, come on, man! Or are uh, they just magic? J- J- yeah, I was gonna say, Jason, magic. <laughs> magic. Yeah, they're witches, duh. That's also, true. they're a bunch also of a, witches. A, a fist, a fistful of bullets. The original Clint Eastwood yes. movie title. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was a little on the nose. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, and also the fact that the name Willow is from. Uh, the Dutch for uh, Willow is is Vicker, and that's where the word Wicker is derived from. So we're talking about it on the nose. Well, Wait, is that, that not, is that from Willow Wefkit? Is that not is that not that's Brit Eklund's character's name too? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so it was the original that did that on the nose thing too. So and and also what they do in this movie um, is Nicholas Cage's character's name is Edward, the daughter's name is Rowan Woodward. Mm. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. A little, a little nod to the original actor from yeah. the uh, the Wicker, 1970s Wicker Man. Um, I'm sure there's something behind Malus too. <laughs> yes. well, it, 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 uh, what was it like Malus? I, I think I remember reading something like the IMDb facts, but it was like Malus is like Alex symbol or something like that. Malice, maybe. Uh, and Rowan is the uh, the Celtic. Uh, what is it? The Celtic like tree of life is the Rowan tree. Oh. Symbolism like the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And and again, again, I have no idea why Molly Parker plays two different characters. <laughs> again, double scale. That that's how you get her signed on for this. You you don't you don't get Molly Parker cheap. She's a Canadian treasure. You got to give right. her double scale. It's that great. It's a great scene though because I just want to talk about it again for a brief moment. Because yeah. he's talking to Sister Rose. Rose, of course, another plant. Yeah. <laughs> at the classroom, and then he goes and. <laughs> He goes and sees a bunch of people working, and it's clearly Molly Parker again. Yeah. yeah. And he says, wasn't I just talking to you? And she's like, no. <laughs> and it's yeah. Sister Thorne. It's just a different character. They, that never, like, factors into the movie. Rose and Thorne? Every rose has its thorn. But it never <laughs> factors into the plot. It's nope. just a one and done. I think it's supposed to, like, add to the eeriness of the whole thing. <gasps> Did they it have does. two of them at the uh, end when they were all gathering? I don't think I so. I didn't notice. Yeah, probably not. Looked. 
what what I think um what I think is that that was part of a larger plot thread that just got dumped. Yeah, like I really really got the feeling from this that there were a bunch of plot threads that they ended up like not shooting, writing out of the script or whatever and just didn't yeah, like I think that I think the the tie in at the very beginning uh I think that's there's supposed to be more here. They couldn't tie all this wicker into one basket. Exactly. <laughs> I just want to go up to Neil Labute and say, "You thought you were giving us the whole movie, but you know what? You little liar! You <laughs> didn't. You're the biggest liar of all. <laughs> I'm gonna write you a writ right now." Um, and then, of course, the last thing in this movie is that it, that it was dedicated to Johnny Ramone. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting. I nice. forgot about that. Yeah, nice to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, Jason, surprisingly, I don't have a lot of Oscars or BAFTAs no, talk. Really? Hmm. No, really? Um, no. <laughs> but not bad enough to, to rate any Golden Raspberry Awards either. No, it did get nominated. Oh, it did. I don't know if it won. So yeah, The Wicker Man. So, Wicker thank Man. you guys. Oh, well, thank you for having us. Yes. Uh, both Brendan and Jason. You don't want to know what we think of it? And, Sorry, you it? don't want to know what we think of it, Brendan? You yeah, I think you are. I think we already kind of said yeah, that. Maybe. No, I want to give my final thoughts. Oh, give your final thoughts then, Jason. That's <laughs> eh, fine. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Well, Steve and Izzy, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having us. You have a podcast. We do. What? We do. When did this happen? Okay. Cool. So anyway, Jason, um, <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, okay. Tell us tell us all about your podcast, folks. You want to take care of this one, babe? Oh, Steve, if we were to have a podcast, where would you find it? Oh, uh, you would find it everything I learned from movies on your favorite podcatcher or homepage, eilfm.podbean.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and the Instagram at eilfmovies. Again, that's everything I learned from movies. Do you like uh, interviews with celebrities like, I don't know, John C. McGinley or Thomas, Thomas Jane. Jane or Sven Ol Thorsen or uh, uh, basically uh, Nicholas K- uh, excuse me. Nicholas Cage's brother, Christopher Coppola. Yeah, we talked to him too. Sounds just like him. Oh Check it director out. Director of Deadfall, baby. Yes, director of Deadfall and many others. If you guys ever want to talk to one of our countrymen, you should try to get in contact with John Micklethor. I'm sure he'd talk to you. Ooh. Yeah, we've seen Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> we've been trying to get a hold of Paul Gross for a while because that man is a treasure. Ooh, he, is, yeah, he is. He's the best. Uh, but yeah, we have interviews. Uh, we watch bad to questionable movies, you know, like the original Wicker Man. And, Whoa! Hold on a second there, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the English Patient. And hey, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we'll never convince Izzy that's nope, an idea. Nope, that's a terrible movie. Um, that movie is freaking awful. Waste yeah, of your time. You. Yep, yep. All right there, Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's no full Monty. Uh, so then full me, Monty's good. Eh. Full Monty's fantastic. Yeah, all right, but. <laughs> Steve's just mad because what did you uh, miss to watch the full money? Oh, Armageddon. God damn it. Ooh. How, Ooh. how did that happen? Anyway. But full money's not a criterion disc, so. Exactly. Who really lost There's a reason for that. Uh, but yeah, everything I learned from movies, check us out. Or, uh, I mean, if you enjoy art, my <gasps> lovely wife here is an artist of some sort. It's true. And you can find everything over on Etsy at untidyvenus.etsy.com. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. Etsy.com. I do. Uh, I have a whole bunch of watercolor movie monsters who love kittens. I painted all the dogs. I got a bunch of cats over there. We've got paracord, enamel pins, all kinds of fun stuff made over here at the uh, EILFM uh, household. That's right. And if you use the special code EILFM, you can save up to 20%. Woo! 
Remember, folks, art isn't free to make. Support your artists in these uh, in these trough and trying times. That's trough and trying. Trough and trying. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're looking to beautify your home, that's the best way to do it. I know. Now that you guys are all stuck there, like actually staring at your walls, you can't just stare at toilet paper. That's right. We don't have any because it's all gone. No. no. But yes, yeah. thank you for having yeah. us. No, it's, it's a it's, joy, and I can't wait uh, we, to find another movie that uh, will tickle your fancy, and we can have you back to. Uh, I'll have to watch one of the Carry On movies. With oh you. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The worst I, I, one. What I'm guessing is you'll probably have to just come on our podcast, Jason, because. Uh, <laughs> so Carry On. <laughs> and no, no, no! It's pronounced Passengers. Wait, are we watching oh, Casino okay. Royale in one of these? By the way, I will discuss the fuck out of Passengers. <laughs> Let's do it. That movie is problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Working title, Space Rape. Yeah, no kidding. Um, But Jason, we we should talk about what's coming up next week on this year's podcast. What are we doing, Brendan? Well, next week, Jason, we are talking about another remake. This was a BBC, um, I believe it's a, yeah, BBC TV movie or TV special, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Adaptation in 2008. Eight okay. of a little film we did called The 39 Steps. Ooh, interesting. So it's an adaptation of Alfred Hitchcock's movie. I'm going to uh, guess right now that it will not be as good. I'm going <laughs> to guess that it's going to be super fucking boring. Um, maybe. It's about, it's about <laughs> the same-ish length, so mm-hmm. hopefully not too bad. Um, it's not a uh, six-hour Dr. Zhivago miniseries. So. I'm curious to see if it's like a modernized version of it. I believe it takes place in the same time, but I think it is closer to the source material. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, but Jason, they can find us on all the podcatchers. All of them. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. You can find us on Twitter and at uh, BFI underscore pod. Find us on Facebook. Just search for For Scream. And Country. Find Jason on Twitter. At Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Yeah, and he wants you to let him know how it got burned. That's right. You tell me, folks. How to get burned, I want to hear it. Slide into my DMs. Is that what the children Slide say? Slide into his dirty mouth. <laughs> Ooh, Except, no, that's, that's not what I want at all but from if, the internet. Yeah. But if you're going to do it right now, make sure to wear gloves that's and right. stand six feet away. No glove, no love. That's right. And don't typo it and accidentally do a BM. <laughs> don't, don't, don't drop a dookie in Jason's mouth. I mean, just in general, yes, please don't. No, I mean, that's just my rule. <laughs> he, he always, like, whenever he's about to get intimate with a lady, he has a list, and that's the only thing on that list. Yeah. <laughs> he will do anything for love, but he won't do that. <laughs> that's right. That's what me love was talking about. A dookie in his mouth? <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't want them to meet, leave a meatloaf in his mouth. <laughs> he loved that woman, but she was a real freak. <laughs> Super freak? Super, Super freaking freak out. <laughs> so with all that nonsense being said, I just have one thing to say to you, Jason. Mm. God save the queen. God save the screen. And for screening country, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. And I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. How'd it get burned, everybody? How'd it get burned? Burn it down. Woo! Burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it. Feel the burn, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been putting on fire.
Yes, thank you, Jimmy. Oh, oh, oh shit. I spilt my beer a little bit. Oh, oh guys. damn. Uh, Wait, it's okay. It's a Budweiser. Don't worry. Oh, okay. You you can spill that. That's all right. Yeah, uh, you got a sock on the floor. Can I use yeah, sock? Yeah, use the sock. It's kind of stiff. Corona. <laughs> no, no, don't spin it around like that, Jason. <laughs> I was Jesus trying to absorb Christ. it. <laughs> oh, my He's God. trying to suck it up. Don't cut any of it. <laughs> He's just sipping that head. Oh, man, you should really vacuum this shag carpet. <laughs> All right, Jason, now I need you to suck the beer out of the sock. Mmm, <laughs> malty. Well, if it's going anywhere, it's going at the end of the episode. So if it is, I hope you're enjoying the blooper, folks. <laughs> it's the special features. Right. Like, like you know, all the special features with this wonderful movie. My yeah. God, how did this get cut? Oh. How did this get cut? That's your new podcast. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we just go through all the deleted scenes of various movies and talk about them for an hour at a time. I don't understand why they cut out an hour and 45 minutes out of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. I just don't get it. Yeah. It would have only been three and a half hours. That would have been fine. I just sat for the whole thing. Come on. I could have I could have stood there for eighteen takes takes of uh, Judd Nelson going. Let's go back to the <laughs> let's go back to the house of cornhole us a drum. Let's go back wow. to the station house. When you boys is gonna blow me? <laughs> wow, there's a there's a lot of love in the room. It's <laughs> time. Let's check our cue, baby. it with a couple brews, baby. We love good movies. We love the bad ones too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh yeah. Everything I learned from movies with a one last plot holes a gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Stephen Izzy at eilfm.podbean.com